Hello, beautiful. Welcome to the Pineapple Principle Podcast. I'm Sherry Steele, your host, and I'm so happy you're joining us. I want to help mentor you to be all Christ has created you to be. Standing firm, suited up in your armor, owning your identity in Christ, or as I say, owning your crown and loving like Jesus. If what you hear encourages, uplifts, and makes you want to dig deeper into your relationship with Jesus, make sure to hit that subscribe button where you listen to podcasts. And for more encouragement, follow us on Instagram at Pineapple Principle. Now for today's show. Hey, we are back for episode 22 and the second half of Lori's interview. I hope you enjoyed the first one and I feel like you're really going to enjoy the second one. We get a lot um, deeper and we just like have some great conversations and have some really great advice and we talk about several different things in her book and I know that you are going to enjoy today's episode as we finish up this interview with Lori and talking about her book, Auspicious You. Okay, Lori. Yes. So we're still in the relationship section of your book. And Mm -hmm. on page 43, you put the most important relationship you can develop at this stage in your life is the one you have with yourself. Being comfortable in your own skin And I love that because I don't know, when I was a teenager, I wasn't focused on developing myself and being comfortable with myself. I just wanted to develop my relationships with my friends and boys. Right. Like, yeah. Right. We were very outwardly focused at that point. Um, In a weird way, we think everybody's looking at us, but they're so busy looking at themselves too, that they're not really looking like we think that they are. And we get into the weird, um, the weird vibe of everybody being very hyper about what they look like and what they're wearing when really nobody else is paying that much of attention. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So you need to pay attention to you, um, and just take care of yourself. Um, yeah, clothes are important. There's no doubt about it. Um, I don't know if the the kids who will be listening will have school uniforms or not school uniforms because that makes a difference. Um, What you wear to school every day matters. And you're very, very aware of if you don't have as many clothes as someone else and maybe you're wearing the same pair of jeans or you're wearing the same shirt like every week instead Mm -hmm. of never having to recycle and and wear the same thing twice. Mm -hmm. Um, Brand names matter. Mm -hmm. Jordache jeans when I was that age. We can all, we can all say exactly the name of whatever brand it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tennis shoes matter. Mm -hmm. What, what shoes, what um, year that shoe came out, who is, supporting that shoe you know who who's the one that's putting it out there there's Mm -hmm. so many things that matter and our identities get so wrapped up in those material earthly items Mm -hmm. and 
I would be lying if I sat here and said that it didn't matter to me and all I cared about was how God loved me and that I love myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because none of us can do that. None of us can say that. Um, you know, even today, even after living on this earth for 52 years and teaching for 30 years, I still find myself thinking, okay, if I wear that, what will, what will that look like? How, mm-hmm. what will that appearance be? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's not something that I don't think that we're asking young girls to do something that we don't do ourselves. Yep. Yeah. And the sad part about that means that you're not ever going to outgrow this. Yeah. Yeah. And I I really think that kids think I can't wait to get to college because people won't care. They'll just do their own thing. And you know what? To a certain extent, that is exactly right. Mm -hmm. Once you hit that sophomore stride of college, you're in your own group and you can go with your messy bun and your sweatpants every day. Nobody's going to care. Mm hmm. However, when it comes to dressing up to go out to a restaurant or dressing up to go out to the movies, you're still going to feel the same pressure that you're feeling right now in trying mm-hmm. to decide what to wear to class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you might as well right now just figure out in your own skin what you can be comfortable with mm-hmm. and um, not put so much pressure on yourself. Because at the end of the day, the material goods aren't as important as what's inside and and what light you are shining out into the world. Yep. Yep. And that goes like on towards one of the things I loved you said further down the book was lay down your need for perfection. Right. And that kind of goes along with um, being comfortable in your own skin. It sure does. Because we can't be perfect, we're not going to be perfect. No. Um, It's not going to happen. And I have seen over and over the students who try to be. Sometimes it's pressure from parents. Sometimes it's Mm self-pressure. But you know what? Perfect straight A's are fantastic, and that's amazing. But if you... If you are putting your physical health at risk because you're staying up all night to try to study and then you're missing your sleep, you're losing your sleep. We all know that teenagers need more sleep than almost anybody. Yep. Yep. Or else the sickness comes and the baggy eyes come and the mistakes come and Mm -hmm. driving accidents happen. You know, we, you have to take care of yourself. That's more important than that straight A. Yep. So I guess my other little piece of advice there for for the kids um, that are saying, I just don't have time. I have to stay up until midnight. I have to stay up until 1 because I just don't have time. Well, let's get you a little calendar and let's write down what you're doing. Because I guarantee somewhere in that day you had time Mm -hmm. to jump on Snapchat Mm-hmm. And you were had you had time to be on TikTok, mm-hmm. and you had time to be on whatever else is mm-hmm. coming up. You know, next when those two lose favor, um, and just recognizing that there will be something else that comes up next because they're always trying to. You know, there was an old movie. It was a, a 
the title always got me because it was like the the marketing of cool when when you were selling what was cool. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that kids understand that people spend billions of dollars to do the marketing mm-hmm. to try to get kids to wear things, buy things. Lots of money in our economy comes through the kids. Mm-hmm. And you got to realize that you don't need to be a pawn in that game. Yep. Lay down your perfection. It, you're not going to have the perfect school life. You're not going to have the perfect grades. You're not going to have the perfect wardrobe. You're not going to have the perfect car. Lay down that need for perfection because, you know, people are, are betting that you're not going to. And mm-hmm. they're trying to make money off of you not going to. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's a yep. really important thing for for kids to learn, you know, as, as you're going through this. Yep. Yep. Um, so probably my favorite chapter that I like marked up the most uh-huh. <laughs> was take the next step. Isn't that a big one? Um, that, that just in the stories you told in there about Matt, was it Matt and Steve and, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know. Do you want to kind of explain that chapter just a little bit? Sure. Um, everybody tells kids that you can do anything you want. You can be anything you want. You put your mind to it. You work hard enough. We live in, you know, this wonderful country where you have the freedom to do what you want to do and become what you want to become. And in a certain way, that's true, except when it's a lie. (laughs) And I go through a couple of scenarios of, of people. And honestly, um, the stories that I tell that make it into the book don't happen just once. Um, I have had multiple students that these stories have happened to if they made it into the book. So this is not something that a kid can look at and say, oh, that's just an exception. That won't happen to me. I was told that I can be anything I want to be. You know, and what she's talking about with this kid, it's just that's not going to happen to me. Well, Mm -hmm. we can't say that. Mm -hmm. One of the stories is about a young man who... Um, was poised to go to a university to play um, baseball. Um, Smart kid, honest, hardworking, excellent athlete, and um, ended up with a a game-stopping injury. Mm -hmm. And it was due to nothing that the kid did. Um, You know, his, his dream of being what he wanted to do, that he had stepped through every single thing people had told him to do. He worked hard. He got his grades. He didn't drink. He didn't run around with the wrong crowd. He made his choices with that next idea in mind, and it still fell apart. So that's called life, and it's devastating. And what are you going to do when it happens to you? Mm-hmm. is basically the question. And the answer is you're going to take the next step. Um, one of the things that I talk about in the book is um, that old adage 
that a lot of people say, how do you eat an elephant? Mm -hmm. And the answer yep. is one bite at a time. Yep. What's my next right thing? And Sherry, I know you love Disney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we can go to Disney too here and we can, we can talk about the song, you know, I'm just going to take one more step. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to, what's the next thing I can do? I can't mm -hmm. do it all anymore. So what's the next thing? The next thing I'm going to stand up and I'm going to take a step. Mm-hmm. And so it, it just talks about what happens when those big dreams end up not looking right and failure happens to you. Yeah. And how you can deal with failure when it comes. And I'm not going to say if it comes because it's going to come. Mm -hmm. That's right. In my um, Christian companion, I um, actually, um, Jeremiah chapter eight, verse four was placed on my heart. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. It says, the Lord said, people of Jerusalem, when you stumble and fall, you get back up. And if you take a wrong road, you turn around and you go back. It goes on. But the point here is that the people of Jerusalem at the time were in a perpetual state of backsliding. And where they didn't keep their mm -hmm. eyes on God and they didn't keep their eyes where they need. They understood that simple illustration of if you fall down, you don't just lay there. You get back up. If you stumble and fall, mm -hmm. you get up. If you go and take a wrong road, you don't just keep driving 100 miles in the wrong direction. You turn around and you get back to McDonald's where you wanted to be or, or wherever, you know. Um, and so mm -hmm. that very simple illustration that came from Jeremiah all of those, you know, years, centuries ago, it's still right. When we fall, when we fail, do we just lay there? If you trip in the hallway, you're not just going to lay there. You, you get up, you scramble, you get your stuff back together, and mm -hmm. you get to the next class and hope no one saw you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you fail in another way, mentally, do you let yourself just lay there? Because a lot of us do. We do. So how are you going to do what Jeremiah um you know, chapter eight, verse four is asking, how do you do that? How do you get back up when you stumble and fall? How do you turn around when you're going down the wrong road? Um, it's a very important skill for young girls to understand that the, the failures are going to come, but you, you just keep taking the next step. Yeah, that's so good. Um, don't you hate it when people just want to tell you the um, platitudes. I don't know if that's a word that I should use, but just the, <laughs> um, I, I try my, my, my kids tease me and call, tell me I just have all these purple words and I don't mean to have them. I'm, I'm always, you know, spitting out the purple words. That's um, okay. <laughs> but, um, when, when you do have that moment of, something's really bad and someone comes up to you and just said, Oh, well, you know, it's, it's God's will. God's not going to, you know, give you anything you can't handle. Honestly, mm -hmm. guys, that's not what it says. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says we will not be tempted beyond. It doesn't say anything about handling things. We're going to have all kinds of stuff that we don't think we can handle. We're going to have all kinds of stuff that we don't see at all how this is going to work out. But that's where faith comes in. Yep. 
Yeah. And that's where you just have to realize that this is awful. And everything that I was planning for, like the, the student in my book, everything that I was planning for just went south. Mm-hmm. And I've got nothing left to give. What, what is my next step? What, am I even going to go to college now at all? How am I going to pay for it? Because I was going to pay for it through my baseball scholarship. Mm-hmm. You know, so there, there comes up all of these huge issues and questions from this. And for someone just to walk up to you and go, oh, well, you know, God's got it. He's, he's, he's got your back, you know, he's in your back pocket. He's going to take care of this and turn it all to good. That doesn't help you right then. Mm-hmm. It yep. just doesn't help. So what, what are you going to do? <laughs> and that's part of what take the next steps about. And, and honestly, you need to figure out how did your, how you deal with failure? Cause it's not going to happen just once. It's going to happen more than once. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, not even just young girls, I think even as adults, because we aren't taught this, but like you were saying, we are going to have these trials that we're going to be like, what are we going to do? It's okay mm-hmm. to be sad. Like it's okay mm-hmm. in the Bible. They talk about lamenting and it's okay absolutely to be sad for a little bit. You just can't stay there. You have Absolutely. to get up and you have to take that next step. Yeah. Yeah. We talked that about that good. in my class today, actually. Oh, wow. We oh, talked wow. about that today. Um, one of my students, uh, her, her father passed away um, mm. right before the pandemic started, right before we all went into lockdown. And she and I have a very similar story because um, both of my parents actually had cancer as well. And um, my mom passed away of cancer. And then three years later, my dad passed away of cancer. And when you're in moments like that, that's not really a failure, but that's still a, what am I going to do moment? Mm -hmm. And, um, I was, you know, helping with primary caregiving. Um, I had seven year old twins at home. You know, I was trying to teach full time. There's just all kinds of big things Mm -hmm. the big things kids are feeling right now in their middle school and their high school classes and their college classes. That's really good training ground because the big things just keep happening. Mm-hmm. We have yep. to just keep figuring out what our plan is going to be to keep our eyes focused ahead, understanding what Jesus wants of us, being sad. You're exactly right. Being sad, but not staying there. Yep. How yep. are you going to take care of it? Yep. We all just can't wait to become an adult, but adulting is not that great all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> and, it's and when just you, not. When you have a chance to go back and play on the merry-go-round and the swing set, you should. I do. <laughs> I do. Should. I have grandbabies, and I go for it, and that's one of the reasons I go to Disney. I just go to be a kid. That's right. I just go to play. Um, I do. That that was good. That was that was just all good and awesome and deep. Thank and, you. I loved it. Um, and I'm probably going to ask something that we probably don't want to give away because you probably want them to read your book. But I, you know, not everybody's going to be able to get their hands on your book. Right. And um, I love the mason jars. Like, yes. and I, I think yes. that could be helpful for anybody just in every day. Just not the kids in, that you've had in your class, but this would be something that... Um, right might be able to help somebody. You want to talk about that? Absolutely. Um, to be honest, I had a student today that said, I'm going to put that in my mason jar. 
So this is still oh, wow. very, you know, very much alive in, in my world. Um, there is a story by Annie Dillard, and um, it's called The American Childhood that she wrote um, years ago. And I have always used this one um vignette basically from her stories where she talks about the elementary teacher who had the moss in the jar and all of the kids gathered around to watch the moss as it came out um, of the of the cocoon to spread its wings like who hasn't had that experience you mm-hmm. know like most of us in elementary school remember watching the chrysalis, the butterfly, the moth, mm-hmm. something open up. And it's, it's such a powerful metaphor and such a moment for people. Except in this case for Annie Dillard, the teacher wasn't quite prepared with how big the wings were going to be. And this particular kind of moth had like a six inch wingspan. So when the moth tried to open its wings, it couldn't inside this smaller mason jar. And the moment those wings unfurl, it sticks. It becomes like a, a fiber, a cloth almost. So here's this sad, poor little moth that just tried to open its wings in front of this entire classroom of kids, and it, it didn't do it. It was deformed. And so when they tried to let it go, it couldn't fly. Its wings were deformed. And so the teacher just like made all the kids walk out into the front of the school and just sort of dumped the moth out onto the concrete, onto the road. And the moth just sort of walked off down the road. And it's heartbreaking because at the end of that story, as an elementary kid, we all got to see the butterflies fly away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But but what happens when something holds you back? And so we take that story and turn it into a metaphor. What is your mason jar? In that moth's life, the mason jar was physical, and it kept that moth from spreading its wings and being able to survive and live. Mm-hmm. There are things in our worlds that are our mason jars. Um, sometimes school is a mason jar. As a teacher for 30 years, I feel that I have enough experience under my belt that I can say I don't like standardized testing. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I feel like I would rather be doing different kinds of thinking exercises and reading exercises, but yet I'm having to make sure kids understand how to take this particular test on this particular software. Mm -hmm. And this is the format that the readers are going to be looking for. So I've got to make sure you know how to do this particular format. And that's a mason jar. Because that's keeping me from doing what what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes a mason jar is a person. Um, that person might be holding you back from doing what you want and experiencing what you want. Um, maybe it's a boyfriend or girlfriend and you know you want to take a particular class in high school. But at the time when you're getting ready to sign up for classes, the boyfriend at the time says, no, don't take that one. Take this one with me. Mm-hmm. And so you do because it seems like a fun idea at the time. But that's a mason jar because that's keeping you from the choice that you wanted to make. So we got to figure, figure out what those mason jars are. And um, to make it very physical, 
I have my students write down the things that hold them back. And we, every kid has his own mason jar and we fill them up with these pieces of paper. And at the end of the year, the day before, because I have seniors, so the day before graduation, or not graduation, but the, the last day of school, you know, the day before practice, mm-hmm. I guess I should say, we burn all of the paper. And so all of the things that they wrote down that held them back, we get, they, we burn them to ashes. And then we take a sledgehammer and we smash the mason jars. I love it. So it's very um, poetic. It's a nice exclamation point. And you don't have to wait until your senior year. You know, if, if you're a freshman, go ahead and set a time frame. Mm-hmm. Do your mason jar and be like, okay, on my birthday this year, I'm smashing this thing open. Mm-hmm. And, or, you know, on the, the last day of school, I'm smashing this thing open or, or however, however. Now I will say this, put on your glasses, put on your safety yes. glasses. <laughs> safety first make, people. Make safety sure first. you don't smash it somewhere dumb where people are going to drive over it, you know, plan ahead a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we, luckily we've never had any accidents. I'm going to knock on some wood somewhere because so far we've not had any accidents with that. But it is very um, helpful. It's just a really cool thing to do. And, and like I said, today, one of my students said, I'm writing that down. That's going in today. Um, I've had people come stomping through my room, stomping through the library. And they go to their jar and they open it up and they throw something in it. And then they, you know, put it back and stomp on out and don't even say a word. But you can just tell that something has happened mm-hmm. and they needed to do something with that emotion mm-hmm. so that they didn't punch a locker or punch a person or make a bad choice. Mm-hmm. So the mason jar ends up as being a pretty good choice. I like it. It's I like a lot it. Fun. Yeah. I think yeah. it'd be something good to do like uh, every school year at the beginning. You know? Right. Yes. Yeah. Because that's, that goes with another one of my chapters. You know, um, I start one of the chapters off looking, look back at yourself in elementary school. Look back at yourself as a seventh grader. Look at that school picture. Mm-hmm. What did that sweet little kid know? Yeah. What did that sweet little kid not know yet? Yeah. And every single year you're going to change. We want you to change. We don't want any of us to stay the same right now as we are. Um, yep. That's not doing you any good that's not doing your plan um to be a part of god's kingdom and and his work for you that's not the plan moving forward if you stay so definitely doing a mason jar every year and seeing how you've grown um the different kinds of things that show up in the mason jar will change um it's just a very interesting um experience i love it i love it um i have went through and picked out the highlights of, of your book that, that I love the most, but we've got a few more minutes left. Is there anything that I didn't ask you about that you, um, feel would be beneficial for, um, our listeners on the podcast? I think right now we've had some really major events going on in our world and, um, we are, you know, sitting here on um, the 12th of January is when we're um, doing this podcast mm-hmm. recording. And we don't know what's going to happen in the next week or so with um, a new president, mm-hmm. with um, 
a lot of uh, unrest happening around. A lot of the adults in our world that we're supposed to trust and look up to are fighting about things. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be pretty scary for a younger person. Mm-hmm. Because first of all, you might not understand all about politics that you want to. And second, you might not understand why everybody's fighting. Mm-hmm. And it might just put pressure because I know that there are adults right now who are fighting with people even inside their own families. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. got to be scary to the younger kids that are listening to those fights. And the ones that are trying to figure out their identity right now, if you're a, you know, a high school upperclassman or a college kid, um, to be a woman in this day It's very exciting because we have a lot more opportunities than we've ever had before. Mm -hmm. However, you still might feel, I'm not exactly sure where I belong in this whole argument or even if I belong Mm -hmm. in this whole argument. And there are um, questions about race and racism and um, gender issues and our politics. And it's just so big right now and the sickness and being worried about if someone in your family is sick or not sick and what that's going to do to them. So it's getting really loud. Mm -hmm. The world is just getting really, really loud. So I think that the best thing that we can all do is, um, deal with that uncertainty In the only way that I can possibly tell you how, and that's just get your nose back in the Bible. Yep. Amen. It says, don't be afraid. It says, be strong and courageous. Yes. It says, don't panic. Yes. It says, the Lord will go ahead in front of you. He will not fail you. He will not abandon you. And to know that that means the adults in your family that are arguing He loves both of them. Mm -hmm. The adults in your family that are trying to figure out their way or maybe the race issues that are coming up, um, that promise of be strong and courageous, the Lord your God will go ahead of you, is for every single one of us. Yeah. Nobody is left out. And when it gets really loud... I would think that we just have to get right back into it and remember, I can't solve those problems. I cannot solve those problems. But you know what? I can call my grandmother and check on her and see if she needs me to bring her some groceries. Mm -hmm. I can't solve the problem of racism. But I can make sure I'm friends with a large variety of people. I can't solve the problem of politics, but I can read and learn and ask really good questions um, because there are people who are adults in your world that would love to have that conversation with you. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that is the part that my book doesn't address specifically because it didn't, it wasn't a thing (laughs) when I wrote my book. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, you know, there's a certain, there's a chapter about uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, um, you know, a, uh, a particular letter about what to do when you're trying to figure out your identity. 
um, when your authentic gut is telling you something that's different from what you're hearing from the outside and how to know what's authentic and truthful. Um, I just think yep. it's really important that we all take a breather and, and realize that, you know what, as, as kids, you're not being overlooked. There might be people who are really loud and really big around you, but there are those of us, your teachers, you know, uh, family members, we see you, we hear you, we want to talk to you, we want to help you through this situation as best as we all can. So I guess, I guess that would be my, my last piece, if that um, makes any sense at all. It did. It did. It was good. It was, those, those were great. That was really, really good. That was great advice because it is a, it is a very scary time that we live in right now. And I think that was really good advice, really good advice. So, um, I so appreciate you taking the time, um, to share, um, and talk about your book with us. Um, it's been a lot of fun. I appreciate your having me. I, I've enjoyed it. Um, I um, like to always end with one fun question, though. Okay, I'm ready. Um, and I think you'll like this one because you're a teacher and a librarian. But I like I like to read. I loved to read as a kid. Yes. And I had three um, favorite books as a kid mm-hmm. um, or young girl. And they were um, Little Woman. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, the Secret Garden. Yes. And A Wrinkle in Time. Okay. And I want you to pick one of those three titles. Oh, my goodness. That's like having to pick my favorite child, which I refuse <laughs> to do. <laughs> okay, so um, I'm going to have to go with Madeline Langle. I'm going to have to go with Wrinkle in Time. Okay. So it's a good one. It it is a good one. I love it. And I even enjoyed um, the remake of the movie uh, that they did. Um, So if you could go back in time to, let's say, let's pick an average teenage girl. If you could go back to 15-year-old you, Mm -hmm. if you could go back in time, what would you tell uh, Mm 15-year-old you? And I know that's not, I was, you know, that's not what she was, that's not what happened in Wrinkle in Time, but she did a little. Exactly. You know, yeah. You yeah, know where I'm getting at. Travel. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I would absolutely go back and say, calm down. <laughs> I love it. I would tell myself to calm down. Um, I was involved in lots of stuff. Um, youth groups, sports, clubs, you know, just that Enneagram three, you know, person, type A personality, going to get it all done, going to be on every committee kind of thing. And if things didn't go exactly the way that I thought they should, I am sure that I was a little bit of a pill, as mm. my grandmother would have called me. Mm. Um, I was probably a little pushy and bossy um, at times. And I wish I could have just, I didn't mean to be, I really just wanted things to go well. Mm-hmm. You know, I really just wanted try to be we perfect. Playing, right. I wanted that perfection. Yeah. If we wanted it, if we were doing a dance, you know, planning a dance, I wanted it to be like the best dance ever. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I don't know that I've grown out of that as much as I want to. Mm. So I, I'm still working on it, but calm down. It's fine. I um, love it. Don't freak out. That's good advice. So, yeah. That's good advice. Um, <laughs> I know I was trying to figure out books to, um, like ask that question with. So that's why I picked wrinkle in time. Cause it's yes. you know, kind of similar, but not yes, really. It but is. Okay. I see where you're going with it. You see where I'm going though. Yes. Um, and I thought you were going to ask me what my favorite book was as a kid. Oh, and again. I mean, like I'm talking like little bitty kid. It was Harry, the dirty dog. Oh, I remember that book. Yes. So that's a fantastic book because, you know, Harry is, um, I don't remember if he's, he's a white dog and he goes out and he gets all dirty. Mm-hmm. So then his family doesn't recognize him. Yep. And I remember that book. Oh my gosh. There's so many levels of metaphors there to teach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you look back at it as a big kid. Yeah. Um, so I encourage everybody to go read your favorite little kid books and just look at it again. Cause you're going to see new stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. the librarian coming out in me right there. It is. That's okay. Cause books are amazing. Yes. I love books. Absolutely. Um, we will have all your information in the show notes. So people will be able to find your book, get a hold Perfect. of you, um, social media type, that kind of stuff. So everybody will be able to find you, but we are so excited that you took the time to pour into our pineapple principle community. It means so much to us. Well, as I told you, I am here as a servant and whatever I can do for, um, your listeners and the special group of girls that are hanging out, listening to the Pineapple Principle podcast and reading your devotional, um, just let me know. I'll, I'll be glad to um, be as assistant as I can be. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay. We'll talk to you later. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. We hope today's show encouraged you and gave you a few aha moments and have you digging deeper into your relationship with Jesus. Make sure to check out the show notes for any scriptures, books, links, anything we talked about. We'll put it in the show notes every week. And I want to say thank you for listening and spending time with us. You know, we have a new podcast every Tuesday, so make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And please connect with us on Instagram at Pineapple Principle. We'd love to hear from you. Or you can send us a message at our website, pineappleprinciple.org. Come back next Tuesday as we keep digging deeper. And always remember, keep your armor on, own your crown, and love like Jesus.